the lessons I learned is you got to be 100% committed. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Keith Nelson. Keith, how are you doing today? Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. Doing yeah. pretty well. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Keith started in commercial real estate sales, which provided him the foundation of knowledge to build a successful real estate investment company. Keith built Dual City Investments on the foundation of fidelity and integrity. He's always looking for areas of improvement and a desire to do things differently, which we'll dive into. Keith uh, architected a cohesive ecosystem of real estate divisions that provide tools and services to make transactions more efficient, which allows dual city investments to transact where others cannot. So Keith, with that said, let's dive in. Let's dive into a dual city to your company, to what you guys are doing and, and how you're doing things different. Yeah, sure. Um, dual city, we started in 2014. Um, with the the belief that you know real estate investment syndication should be available to everybody, not just you know accredited investors and um, you know the top one yeah. percent. Um, me and the other founding partner of Dual City were were both uh, pretty much civil servants uh, for most of our professional careers. We were both in um, federal law enforcement, and um, that's how it started. It started as a, a group of um, you know, friends, partners, whatever, just pooling our money and um, started buying assets um, in the Southeast. Uh, so I moved down to, the, to Greenville, South Carolina. My partner was still in New York. And then that kind of evolved into our syndication company where he would bring in capital from New York, you know, from friends and family. And uh, I'd find the assets down here. So um, we always wanted to, to bring what was available to the, you know, the wealthy to our network of, of people. And from there, uh, we found out we, you know, we did things the right way and always put our partners and investors, you know, in the forefront. Um, and it just kind of naturally turned into a, uh, successful real estate company. So that's kind of, that's kind of the short of it. What, what kind of assets are you focusing on? Um, so I, I, I love and I hate when people ask me that question. Uh, <laughs> so I actually just did a, a, a video um, and a blog on, on this particular uh, uh, conversation about, you know, having a niche and a specialization. Um, we started in multifamily in the Southeast. Um, and then, you know, several, several years into our, into our business, we realized that, you know, all these big private equity firms and, and REITs started to flood the market, compressed cap rates, compressed, you know, yield on assets. So we had, you know, we pivoted. Um, we, you know, when they went to self-storage before that was the next hot topic in, um, you know, industrial. So our niche is, is really more of a, a, a price point in the market more so than an asset class or even a geographical area. So we go from, you know, two to $10 million properties. We feel like that's a price point above the individual, you know, smaller mom and pop investors, yep. but well below, you know, the institutional guys. So that's really our only niche, but 
in our first um, fund that we just closed down, we had everything from office to multifamily to a boutique hotel. Um, you know, we, we examine the opportunity and we learn everything we can about it. And we go by a, you know, deal by deal basis, not, not, this is, this is our, these are our tracks and we have to stay in these lines. So, and, and I, I think that's boded well, you know, us being flexible um, and ha- being able to pivot uh, has, has helped us immensely. Yeah. And, you know, everybody talks about a niche, but your, your niche is, you do have a niche. It's two to $10 million buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure you're looking for specific things within that too. My guess is you're not going to just every, every single two to $10 million building is not passing your sniff test. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, we're doing our due diligence on, on every deal. Um, But most people ask me what my niche is. They're, they're, you know, talking about either area or, or asset class. And and that question always kind of throws me off because I was like, well, you know, what's your niche? Well, commercial real estate. Yeah. But what's your niche in commercial real estate? Well, I really don't have, but yeah, um, to your point, you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. That is our niche. And maybe I should start off with that uh, when someone asked me, but um, are you you going after a specific property type? Like, are you looking for that mom pa property? Are you looking for a value add property or are you looking for cash flow properties, appreciation, or is there is there any like common denominator there? Um, well, it'd be nice to to get cash flowing assets uh, <laughs> in, in this in this market. It's it's a little tough. Yeah. Um, you know, with interest rates going up and uh, cap rates, you know, staying low, um, that's been a little tougher. So we've had to broaden that a little bit. Um, but if we find if, if there's a, an asset that we can add value to and it can lead towards uh, cash flow, we, we'd absolutely uh, entertain that. And like I like I said, you know our our main focus, yes, was cash flowing assets. But then we'd widen widen our our viewpoint to to adapt to the market and you know continue to continue to do deals and and do deals conservatively. What made you go from? federal, you said federal law enforcement, what you would make you, what made you transition federal law enforcement into being an entrepreneur owning your, uh, owning this commercial real estate investment company? Um, you know, take us through that, that maybe that mindset shift that you went through or, and, and why that change? Yeah. Um, actually I, uh, <laughs> uh, I was in federal law enforcement. I actually authored a, a book, um, that, kind of highlights uh, why I made that shift. The book is called Missed Ops, but um, there's a chapter in there and it's, it's titled Institutionalization. And um, coming from a middle-class family on, you know, Long Island, New York, uh, you know, it was, it was just ingrained into to me and, uh, you know, my sister that you need to go to college, get a good job, get health insurance, and that's it, you know, I have yeah. 2.5 kids, you know, the whole nine. Um, so that's what we did. Um, but my other uh, partner who, who was retired from the FBI, um, we were uh, we were in a task force together. I was DEA, um, he was FBI, we we're in a task force and we're sitting in a car in a affluent area of uh, New York. And we're sitting there one day and I think we're on surveillance for, I don't even know, like 20 hours. Uh, straight and uh we're just looking around at these houses and we're like man you know what what did 
what went wrong when we're sitting in the car, you know, eating, you know, two day old pizza. And these people are, you know, have Bentleys and these giant, giant mansions. And so that's kind of where the concept of the book came from and kind of reversed into it of, yeah, my parents told me the same thing. Like, this is what I had to do. This was what success looked like in America. And, you know, maybe that was the case in the, I don't know, 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, but to break that mold, uh, you have to do something different. So, you know, self-examination, uh, is this where I want to be in, you know, 20 years, 25 years, retire in this position? Uh, no. So for me, I left, you know, um, I only spent, uh, I think, four years uh, in that division. I left New York, moved to South Carolina, and um, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit, but it wasn't until I fully committed that, um, you know, that diving into real estate and learning everything I could about it, and, um, you know, just following that path. But so, yeah, that, that was that was the, the mind shift. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, obviously most, most people, uh, the vast majority of people, <laughs> that's the same thing. I mean, you know, you're just kind of told that that's just, just, it's not even that you're told it's just, you should just expect it. Like you don't yeah. know that there's even another, you know, you're handed when you're a junior in high school or a senior in high school, you're, you're given this like personality type test and you're told that these are the careers you should take. And this is mm -hmm. what you, you get. I, I, did you take those? I, I know yeah, I took those. I yeah. And you're yeah. told like, this is what you should do for the rest of your life. And you go, okay, well, there was never a uh, entrepreneur or real estate uh, investor. <laughs> that was not one option. Uh, so we're just, kind of just told like, this is what you're supposed to do the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, the whole, uh, I have a red rich dad, poor dad, but that whole mindset, yeah. you know, that's a, we're not taught that no, we're taught to, you know, stay, stay in the line, stay in the box and, um, you know, just live your life. And this is the way it's supposed to be. But, uh, mm -hmm. I, it was the best decision I ever made. So, um, I'm happy. I, I was able to make that shift and, you know, um, I'd love to talk to people about jumping careers and all that stuff, you know, later in life. And, um, I, I could give them my blueprint and work for me, but the lessons I learned is you got to be hundred percent committed because mm. there was things that I tried to do part-time, you know, um, do something on the side or at night on the weekends, try to build something, but it wasn't until, you know, I burned the boats behind me, uh, type attitude and, and just, there was no other option, but to move forward. And, and that's what, really succeed and really took off. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something to, to lead into, right? I mean, you can be partially committed. Uh, if there's a lot of people that want to, you know, just kind of hack, do a, do a business hack, you know, or, or, you know, they talk about grinding it out and that's, that's okay, I guess. But if you really want to jump into being an entrepreneur, you just, you, you, quite frankly, sometimes you just have to do it. And like you said, yeah. you have to burn the boats behind you. Yeah. So now do you, okay. So you talked about how your, your, um, you know, your syndications, you guys are targeting both accredited and non-accredited investors. Um, you like the idea of bringing in non-accredited investors and providing this real estate opportunity for, for everyone, which I, 
I think is amazing. Right. I, I love it. I, I love doing the same thing. And, uh, I think that's awesome because the rich get richer and unless you're providing them as opportunities there are a lot of your investor database. I mean, are you specifically targeting, uh, kind of that, the law enforcement, or is it just, uh, just more of a friends and family network or how, how's that, how's that looking? Um, yeah, friends and family is, yeah. is what it, what has grown to, um, and we're still we're still really doing it that way. We just started, uh, you know, some sort of marketing, um, you know, push. But we've never we've never done that before. It was always just kind of word of mouth. And uh, you know, I know a lot of um, gurus and and you know teachers. They always they always calculate like, hey, what what does the deal look like? You have to cover you know your expenses, your profit. You got to protect that first, and then what's left for an investor, and see if it works out that way. Um, I was fortunate enough not to have to do that because I started in uh, commercial real estate sales and we built the investor company, the opposite of what everyone, you know, pretty much told us. And we always put the investor first, like, what can we deliver to the investor? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then this what's deal left? work for the investor, if it works for them, it'll probably work for us. Is that, that's, that's your mentality. Well, my mentality was if it works for them, that's great. If we make zero money on it. Okay. But you know, I, I, got a piece of that commission transacting that deal. Sure. Right. So I was like, okay, let's see. And, but then what happened, you know, we, we became uh, proficient at, you know, running those properties and those, that back end equity that we carved out for ourselves started to, you know, compile and, and um, really add up. So uh, we always put them first and um, I think we, we still do. So, you know, I have a, a commercial division now and we have a lending division and um, you know what it, you know, we don't have a very high overhead. We share a lot of the same employees with my investment company and those other divisions. Um, and it's, it has enabled us not to have to do transactions. Um, and I see so many times of groups and investors having to do deals to keep the lights on, yep. right? So, yep. you know, they can't pay their employees unless they're getting acquisition fees um, to keep their company moving. So what happens, they start to overpay and, you know, and one thing, one thing after the other, and all of a sudden, you know, their investors aren't getting, aren't getting a return, you know, and they're looking to go elsewhere. So yeah, we, we had the philosophy of taking care of them first and everything will kind of work out. And it's, it's been a longer road than, than most. Um, we, you know, not an overnight success by any means, but we feel like doing things, you know, that way is, uh, is beneficial for everyone in the long run. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, sometimes, you see these, not sometimes. So of course with social media, you're always seeing these companies that all of a sudden seem like they all explode overnight. Um, but running a company like you're explaining, and I, of course, I don't know the inner workings of your company, but by the way you're explaining, you guys are taking a very, very uh, calculated approach, very cautious approach, and you're going to be around for the long term, and, and your investors are going to be making money for the long term versus um, maybe making a lot of money right now, uh, but when the market changes and the tides go out, uh, you know, some, some people are going to be, uh, we're going to see their swimming without, uh, without any shorts on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Someone, uh, I heard a quote the other day. It was, it was really, really great. Is you know, riding a wave is not, um, not equal to knowing how to swim. Hmm. So um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you hundred uh, percent. Yeah. When the, when the tide, you know, uh, goes back out, who's going to be left. 
and and that's kind of the mindset that we have you know moving forward so yeah. um we, we see the market we you know we live in this every day and i think the market's uh hyperinflated right now and uh, you know we're due for a correction are you but guys buying right now with that said we we are um and I know that sounds ridiculous, but uh, the, we closed up our other fund that I mentioned that we launched one in January. Um, uh, but we are buying, but we're buying because it's not a closed fund. So we don't have a finite period of time to raise capital and go out. Go out. It's, it's evergreen. So uh, we're, you know, we've raised capital. We've been buying. We know the market. We know it's high and we know it's going to shift. But as long as we can keep purchasing smart assets through those cycles, we feel like this is going to be the last fund that we ever do. And it's, it's going to be something big. Nice. I love it. Yeah. And you know, that, I think that's the key is, as you said there, that the market, we don't know. I mean, look, it could be, could be next month. All of a sudden the bottom falls out. It could be next year. It could be 10 years from now. But what, what both you and I know, and I, and every listener knows is that eventually the market's going to change. Eventually things aren't going to continue to go up. It always happens, but buying smart assets and being smart about your acquisitions and your operations is going to keep you, keep the lights on and keep you running. And those, those investments will, will maybe not be home runs. Um, but if you're buying smart conservative and, and just being prudent, they should be at least a base hit. That's, you just outlined my business plan. Yeah. hundred percent. I'll take singles all day long. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> agree. So, um, you mentioned in, when, when I introduced you, you know, you mentioned the art, you architected a cohesive ecosystem of real estate divisions that provide tools and services that make transactions more efficient which allows dual city to in, get investments that others can't explain that to me. What, what's that? What's that mean? Let's let, let's dive in a little bit to that. Sure. Uh, we, we have a, a sister um, brokerage company uh, that, you know, we have, a, I don't know, 15 brokers and they go out and bird dog properties for us. Okay. Um, uh, but more, more so than that, we have, we also have a lending uh, arm in-house and we just launched an insurance, uh, brand and started going back to when I, when I was in commercial sales, it was, and we were looking to acquire assets. It was all right. All right. We got an asset. Now let's call our, um, you know, our mortgage our capital markets guy and ask him and email him and wait two days until we get a response and, you know, maybe call somebody else having everything in house makes everything so much faster and so much easier. Um, and then the same thing we realized for insurance, like I can't tell you how many deals, like we get to closing day and be like, Oh crap, we, we forgot to get insurance on this property. Let's, uh, you know, scramble and, and get it done. Um, yep. and, and more recently, uh, a couple months ago, we actually lost the deal that we were under contract with and we were, um, the money was about to go hard. And, uh, the 11th hour, insurance came back we, we couldn't get insurance on the property and um we're like oh man this sucks because this was this was a you know great deal and there were a couple issues with the insurance that we could have corrected had we had more time but the seller was just like you know no it's it's going hard or, or we're backing out 
Yeah. So we had earnest money at risk. We had to back out. Had we had the insurance contact, you know, in-house, we could have worked that out ahead of time and, and, and got that deal done. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I mean by being able to do, you know, deals more efficiently and where, where others can't, because I was, I was in that, you know, those shoes, yeah. you know, not, yeah. not too long ago too. So. Keith, did you, did you buy existing businesses that did? So did you buy the the lending business or did, did you just build these all from the ground up? Um, we built the commercial uh, brokerage from the ground up. We ended up uh, partnering with a uh, capital um, and debt firm. And then we're building the insurance thing from the ground up. So. Gotcha. And are you, so you got these uh, other companies that obviously are, are work really well with, with, dual city investments, but are they also doing outside transactions? So is the, yeah, yeah, it's not just in-house deals. Right. Right. And, um, (laughs) dual city also helps, uh, those brokers get deals done. Um, not only having a, you know, a person to, you know, kind of quickly give an opinion on a, uh, you know, on a price or, or an offering or, or being in-house, you know, buyer, so to speak. But um, uh, I don't, I don't want to get too technical on this because I could talk about this uh, for hours, but uh, our, our latest fund, our, our dual city advantage fund, we do have a component in there where um, we can absorb people's assets tax deferred and issue them shares um, instead of, a cash purchase, right? They don't pay taxes on that gain unless they cash out those shares. Sure. So they could trade their equity for cash flowing shares, which gives our brokers another tool to do to do more deals. That's so really interesting. So that, that's what I meant by like an ecosystem. You know, they're we're helping them, they're helping us, and everybody's just doing more transactions because of it. That's really cool. Um, wow. So how do you run? all these multiple businesses, because, you know, they're related, but they're different at the same time. And so you have to have things in place for these. So how do you, how do you like, let's, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Like, what are you doing to be able to run all these businesses successfully at the same time? Um, I have great partners. That's, that's the the short of it. If If I had to do this myself, I, I want to be in business. <laughs> I'm more of the, I'm more of the golden retriever and, you know, chasing the new shiny ball, right? I'll go look at an idea. I'll vet the idea and I'll bring it to my team. But um, yeah, the day-to-day stuff, I, I do have uh, uh, several partners that, you know, handle most of the operational stuff and, um, you know, w- without them, yeah, we, I'd probably, you know, still only have a couple assets under, under control and, you know, be, uh, be grinding it out every day. But, um, you know, we, we have a good team and, um, we complement one another. Um, but yeah, so that's the short of it is yeah. Good, good people around us. You're the golden retriever, you know, you're running around looking for the shiny object. Uh, What do you do that? I mean, that's can't be just true, right? Maybe a little bit, but that, but that's simplifying it. Right. So, so what, what are some of your success habits or tips that you can give to our listeners, things that you do 
you know, on a daily or weekly basis to stay, to make sure you're not just chasing the shiny objects that you're actually uh, providing good opportunity for your business to grow? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I've never been asked that question before. That is uh, a great question. I, right next to me, I have a, uh, um, a daily schedule that, uh, you know, I block out periods of time to do stuff because if I didn't keep myself in a, um, you know, ha have these bumpers, um, by the way, has another great book, uh, by I got right next to me, Nick Peterson. It's called bumpers really short read. I think it's like 60 pages. Um, it's, it's basically, keeping myself in these, uh, these railways, right? So I'm not going, you know, all over the place. Um, but it's also accountability to my partners too. You know, uh, I may come, you know, to our management meetings with, you know, three ideas and they'll tell me, you know, two of them are just, they're too far out there or it's, you know, uh, we can't, we can't do that right now, you know? So, uh, their account, you know, I'm, I'm accountable to them, um, but more so just keeping myself on a schedule and a routine. If I, if I don't have a routine, I probably have some sort of ADHD, um, you know, but I, I need, I need some bumpers to, yeah. to guide me through, through the day and through the week. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> do you use a, a written calendar or is it, uh, is it? Yeah, app? I do. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's written right next to me. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I do. I'm still thing. old school stuff on the yellow legal pads. And look, look I, I've got the the you know the technology and stuff, and I've tried to do it, but I can't keep track of it. If it if it's sitting right in front of me on a piece of paper, I do it. If it's yeah. on a computer, I, I lose it. And all of a sudden I'm looking at my email when I'm supposed to be looking at what's next on my calendar. I don't know if you're the same way. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't can't really see here, but I have, uh, I'm, yep. I just moved into this new office, but the waiting on my whiteboard behind me to, to be delivered. But, uh, the other two walls are, um, whiteboards. So I'm a very visual person. It's gotta be in front of me. And I put my goals up there. I put, uh, you know, a three month goal, a year goal, five year goal. And, um, you know, every six months I'll look up and I'm like, Oh, wow, we, we did, we did most of that. <laughs> so I have to, you know, uh, we do it, but, um, yeah, between daily schedule and visualizing, uh, you know, what we do and our goals and everything. I think those are great uh, tips for anybody that is, is like me. It's kind of, you know, all over the place and wants to just learn and just do all different sorts of stuff. Yeah. Love it. Love it. What's a mistake that you've made? Uh, just just one, something that sticks out that you've made and how can our listeners learn and grow from it? Mistake. I mean, well, I've made a bunch of mistakes. Um, <laughs> uh, well, in real estate, particularly uh, starting out, we've we have made you know, multiple mistakes, mistakes upon mistakes, right? But we've been fortunate enough to be bailed out with the market thus far. Yeah. Um, but I think as time has gone by, that's why we've gotten a little more conservative and a little more cautious because we've been in some deals with some hair on it in, you know, 2016 and that the market's gone at a 45 degree angle, you know, since then. So, um, those are mistakes, but you can't rely on the market to bail you out all the time. Right. Yep. So, um, I would say a great tip for, for that specifically to real estate investment is have multiple plans, have multiple strategies to exit mm -hmm. something. Um, Plan A rarely ever works, even on the good properties. So 
you know, we, we go in with our procedure of buying assets and we'd like, all right, what's plan A, what's plan B and what is the, you know, oh shit plan. We got to, you know, bail on this quickly. Yeah. So, you know, we have multiple strategies. Um, and that's also a strength of not having one particular niche because there's so much to learn in real estate that can be, you know, uh, cross asset. You know, we, we've learned stuff uh, from retail that we've used on, um, you know, multifamily and, uh, and vice versa. So there's just so much to learn and, and just being knowledgeable about all that stuff has helped us formulate those, those exit strategies. Yeah. I think a lot of people are, are, are just like listening to this, asking how does Keith go from being this law enforcement guy to owning multiple businesses, running around, doing all these things, being successful at it, like specific mindset or things that you do, the daily habits, what, what's, what does it take? Um, well, I listened to probably a, some sort of motivational video or, or recording every single morning while working out. Um, I, you know, I'm grateful for what I have. And I, I look back at you know, the, the, the distance that I've, that I've come and I'm, I'm extremely grateful, uh, grateful for the people surrounding you who've helped me, you know, got that far. Anyone who says that they're a self-made man, uh, yeah, that's bullshit. You know, there's always some sort of support or help that you've got from somewhere. So, um, you know, I am grateful for that, but, um, you know, I, I want to be better in every aspect, not just business every single day, you know, just be a little bit better, learn something new, you know, whether it's your health, uh, your fitness or business or just reading, reading something different. Um, I, I just, I'm always striving to, to push myself to just, just be a little better. I don't have to be a hundred percent in a year, but, uh, yep. you know, if you get a 1% better every week, that's a, it's a pretty big gain in all over time. Right. Yeah, just incremental change, incremental improvement. Don't focus on being the best today. Focus on being better every single day. Love 100%. It. All right, so we're going to wrap up here pretty quick. I got a couple last questions I want to ask you before we do. Um, what's a favorite? You, you've mentioned a couple of books. You mentioned Bumpers. Uh, you mentioned Missed Ops that you wrote. What's another favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? Uh, do I have it here? Um, the Road Less Stupid <laughs> is probably my stupid. Road Less Stupid. Um, have you ever read that? I've not. I've not. Uh, I don't have it here, and I don't remember the author's name off the top of my head. But I think it's that a pretty is, unique title that people could look up. And find, yeah, find look up that book. Uh, I think actually, I think the author's name was Keith something, but um, that that has got to be my favorite business book of all all times. It's a common sense. Oh yeah, uh, by Keith J. Cunningham. Um, very common sense focused approach of uh, a business book, and I you know most business books you you learn something in the first like one or two chapters and the rest of it's, you know, all BS. This one I felt had content, you know, from beginning to end. So yeah. that's one of my favorite books. And um, uh, actually uh, another non-business book uh, that I liked was uh, Superhuman by Dave Asprey. And that's, that's about health and, you know, longevity and um, 
how to live a healthier life. I, I thought uh, that was a great read that I that I did recently. Nice, love it, love it. Uh, and you know, look, I mean, entrepreneurs. I think I, I get caught up in it. We're all so focused on these business books. Uh, we don't think about the health sometimes. Uh, and and that's if you're. What's the point of gaining it all if you're going to be unhealthy and unhappy? Yeah, one hundred percent. Without your health, you know, yeah, you'd be a billionaire, and you know, you die when you're forty. But yeah. you know, what was it all for? What was it all for? Right. Love it. Uh, well, Keith, last question: What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and use um, what Dual City has as their core values. If that's Love okay. It. Let's do it because it, it could be. It could be applied to, you know, personal, um, your personal situation too. And that's uh, protection, procedure, and performance. So protection of your current wealth, right? And, and this is what we pitch to, to investors too. Like, we want to protect your, your wealth first. We want to protect our assets. We want to protect your capital as our number one priority. Yeah. Um, procedure. You asked earlier, you know, how can I be doing all these different things and successful in these different areas? I don't know, you know, <laughs> I'm not an expert in all these different fields or divisions or any of that. I don't claim to be, but what I do have is a procedure to get there, right? And if I have to hire an expert, that's part of that procedure. Um, and then the last is performance, whether it's health, you know, performing at a high level um, or in business, you know, just putting in that the, the effort um, that, and even in our, you know, our returns, like, don't, don't judge me for what I say I can do. Judge me for what we've already done. So um, I hope that answered your questions. Yeah. Uh, kind of cheated and turned it around to, uh, you know, personality versus uh, our, our business. But no, I love it. Those are great. Pr pr protection, procedure, performance. Um, the fantastic. So last thing, Keith, how can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you going on, got going on and, and just, uh, you know, just be able to chat. Um, well, we, like I said, we just started our, our marketing push. Uh, so, you know, if you want to be our fourth or fifth subscriber on YouTube, you could <laughs> type in dual city investments, but uh, dual city investments.com. Um, you know, there's our phone number up there, email, you could reach out through there. I think there's a contact form too. Um, oh, and all the social media links are on the website as well. So uh, yeah, if you, you want to see what we're putting out there, um, we're in the belief of, you know, I, I think in, in your camp too, of just putting the knowledge out there and uh, not being so protective of the industry secrets and all that, and just trying to help, help other people get there. Yep. There are no secrets in this day and age. And so if you're going to yep. try to keep things secret, somebody else is going to tell it. 100%. <laughs> Love it. All right, Keith, uh, man, I really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the the advice you've given us. The story about uh, I just I love talking with people that go from this you know this W two like you with a federal law enforcement sitting in a car outside of this uh, wealthy neighborhood and going what the heck are we doing and and then just seeing the journey. So it's been a lot of fun to listen to your story to to hear your advice. So really appreciate. It. I know my listeners got a lot from it. Uh, and you have a fantastic rest of the day. I appreciate it, Todd. It was, it was great talking to you too.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.